0: The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM.
1: Before we do that, okay, I think there were some technical difficulties. Salaam alaikum everyone, welcome to Sister Speak, you're here with me, Mariam. Also joined in the studio is...
0: Salaam everyone, it's Sadia.
1: Thank you for joining us. Um, so today's show we're going to be talking about Friendships and te- technological advancements, and the advantages and disadvantages of that. But if they want to join in the discussion, how can they do that?
0: So, everyone, you can call us on the studio on zero one five eight two four eight one eight two two, or you could text us on WhatsApp zero triple seven nine four eight one eight two two, or you could contact us on any of our social media platforms and under Sister Speak.
1: Amazing. So, we really would like to hear your thoughts. Fareen, can you tell us what, can you tell the audience what our show is about?
2: Yeah, Salamu alaikum everyone. Our show is a platform for Muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and even form discussions on general topics such as religion, culture, politics, etc., Please note all opinions, views are our own and respect all other or opposing similar views.
1: Yes, so just to reiterate, we respect all other opposing views, um, but we do really want you to join our discussion and contribute where you can. Um, so the first segment of the show, we do this segment called Thought of the Week. It's something. It's a segment where we um, talk about something that's insightful, some, a reflection or maybe a personal anecdote. So I'm going to start off with Farine. Can you just share us with your Thought of the Week?
2: Yeah, so I was just thinking this week about the power of, you know, making dua and the fact that we get so busy and we get so, you know, we just just get so busy with life that we don't think about the dua we've made in the past to be where we are now. So I'm just going to be an example, so that makes sense. So when I was, um, you know, applying for uni, all I was making dua for was to be in a good uni, you know, to be settled in, to like my course, to make friends and everything. And now I have everything just because of that one dua I make. But now that I'm here, I, it's so in, it just feels so insignificant and irrelevant. And I just get so busy and I'm making dua for other things. And then when that comes, I'm not going to think about the dua that I'm making now.
1: I think mean, that's such a profound. So that's
2: my thought of the week.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a profound thought of the week. I think there's a there's a saying that you're you're living in one of your answered doors, and we should really take, we should take, um, we should be really appreciate appreciative of that because there's so many things that we have asked Allah to provide for us, and He's accepted our wishes, and we should be really grateful that these that is out of His mercy, and it's not something that we're entitled to, and I think that. For you to reflect over that is an amazing thing as well because that will allow you to exercise gratitude. But not only that, it will allow you to feel more humble that this, the blessings that you get from Allah is it's something that you know, is out of his mercy. Um, Sadia, what is your thought of the week?
0: Um, my thought of the week would be just it's similar to what Farine has said. Um, just how far you come with all the little things you do. So for me, obviously a year ago you asked me to come on here and I obviously said no with no thought of it. I didn't have the confidence to come on and talk on here. And now I'm here for the second time. So I think although that's a big step for me, it's such a good step into confidence and that also goes on friendship as well. Yeah, I think so. I think
1: something that, um, so those who don't know, we did a show on nursing, so... Uh, Sadia is a adultness, and I think that one of that's the one of the shows that were, had we had a lot of engagement. A lot of people was asking questions, um, and it was really really interesting. And we we were really grateful for your contribution on that day. But it's something that I can definitely uh, vouch. Um, when I first asked Sadia, she immediately said no. There was no sense of negotiation. There was no scope. And today, when I asked her, would you like to come back on the show? She was very up for it. So I'm really proud of her for to, to be able to kind of venture into something that's unknown, um, and I think I think kind of I'll kind of you kind of triggered my thought of the week now is just to kind of celebrate your little milestones. Um, I think everyone's successes looks different because everyone's journey is different, and for something that's really meaningful, impactful in your life may seem outwardly insignificant to others, but I think you should be fixated and focused on yourself and how much you have improved. Um and I think another thing that I wanna to kinda of touch upon as well is to embrace making mistakes. Um I definitely feel like through radio sometimes my shows are not the best as I would like it to be, but sometimes they're good. And I think it's about taking that ability to reflect and to take accountability of how can I improve myself but also I need to kind of think about where where my strengths are. Um so I think In doing that, you should really embrace having the scope to make mistakes because if you don't make mistakes, you won't have a learning curve and you won't be able to grow. And having a growth mindset is really important if you want to uh, thrive in any aspect of your life. So that is my thought of the week. Does anyone have any further thoughts, Fareen?
2: Yes, I'm just gonna talk about your thought of doing I feel like every time we start something new, we should always think that we're gonna make mistakes and no going. Like it's good to have confidence, but that confidence shouldn't turn into arrogance. So e- anything you do, it's life. Like you're gonna make mistakes, and you're gonna be, you know, you just you should just shouldn't be too confident whatever you're getting into. You should always go with that scope, like you said, of uh, making mistakes.
1: Yeah, so having that mindset is really important. Um, and I think it's also one of the things that when you do make mistakes is having the conditions to be able to thrive so having a support network having your friends to kind of um, celebrate you to support you to to uh, to remind you that look how far you've come and um, I think that's really earnestly something that will I appreciate from, from my friends um, and I think that when you do fall into these pits where you're learning and you make mistakes and it's very outward and sometimes it can feel quite abrasive but I think that's when you're going to bring, uh, build resilience. And I think le- thinking about mistakes as an opportunity to learn as opposed to a, a definitive matter in your life that makes you look beneath someone else or beneath yourself. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of rounds our thought of the week. So thank you, Fareen, and thank you... Um, Sadia, for sharing your contributions um so now i'm going to do a segment where we like to do when we have guests on the show just to kind of ease things in um so so would you rather segment so the first question i'm going to ask Sadia, is would you rather have to shout everything you say or whisper everything you say for the rest of your life
0: oh um i think i'll go with whisper because i'm not that loud (laughs) i don't often shout um I think I can live off whispering.
1: <laughs> I think that's, yeah, very fair. Um, and what about you, Farine?
2: I agree. I think if you're yelling bad news, then it's bad for you, but you can whisper good and bad news, so there's nothing wrong with whispering. <laughs> so I'll go with whispering.
1: I think I think I agree with both of you. I think I'd rather whisper. I think there's so much noise already, I just don't want to be contributing that noise in my head and noise outside, I just... I think whispering imagine if everyone whispered that'd be so nice it'd be peaceful though. it'd be very peaceful yeah. but then at the same time I feel like whispering there'll be um, scope to misunderstand people like Chinese whispers oh. um, so there's, a, there's always a trade-off
0: but yelling just sounds aggressive in every sense because oh, you're yeah. just saying it really loud aren't you
1: yeah I agree um, In the se- in terms of the next question if you had to pick would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? So, uh, Mariam, are you being serious?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just a food for thought. It's, it's a question that I thought, unless you want me to ask you the questions that I like to ask, which are a bit more profound and in-depth. should us go, with, go with these
2: questions and then you start with your profound ones.
1: Okay, go ahead. You go with it. What's your what was, the, what was the question? Can you repeat again? Yes, of course. So, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred a si- hundred duck-sized horses? So, imagine there's a hundred ducks that look like horses, <laughs> or you have one a horse that looks like a duck, the size of a duck or uh, horse.
2: Um, I think due to quantity i'll go for the only one but i'm scared of animals so <laughs> either a nightmare for me i agree <laughs> any animals i just want to be away from
1: yeah i I'm, I completely concede with that i think having a hundred duck-sized horses would be the worst nightmare for me
0: what about yourself mm-hmm. um yeah i completely agree one's enough one's one enough. big one
1: okay i don't think this question was Embraced very well, so we'll <laughs> we'll move to some to something different. So I think this is a, a reflective question, and I really do like having the ability to introspect. So the the question that I have for both of you is: Would you rather have the power to change your past or control your future, knowing that altering either of these can cause um, unintended consequences? Sardar, do you want to go first?
0: Yeah, um, I think altering the past. Probably more than the future, because uh, the past is going to build your future, really. So I know there might be consequences, but maybe there could be learning curves. Hmm. And you can still kind of build your own future.
1: So you would rather change your past? Yeah. Interesting. Farin, um, what's your view on this?
2: I, I'm going to have to disagree. I feel like if my if I have to change my past now, I wouldn't want to change anything think because I am where I want to be right now so I can change my future you know I what can I change so many things I mean I there's no one thing I can think of right now but there's no one thing that I can think of on my past that I would want to change amazing so I'll go for the future
1: can you if you can tell us one thing that you'd want to change in your future if you had this ability to do that what would you change
2: what would I change from the, it's because I don't know what the future is going to look like, so I don't know what um, specifically I would want to change. That's
1: I'm a sure. good answer. That's a good answer. But if there is one thing that... So, for example, I think one of the consistent states that you'd be in, um, in terms of your characteristics or your personality, is there something that you wish you could alter in the future so that you don't... For me, it would probably be like maybe <clears throat> just being a bit more resilient. I think that's something that I would want to alter in the future. But is there anything that you would specifically in your own... Um, understanding of yourself would like to alter?
2: Personality-wise, I I think no. I'm not going to be any humble, but I think I'm okay right now. I don't know how I'm going to be in the future, but personality-wise, I wouldn't change anything.
1: Amazing. I love that. I love that for you. I love what about you, Sadia? You... Yeah, Sadia, what, what do you...
0: What would I change? Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe I would have done more, like more extracurriculum mm maybe more traveling and Mm. that could have actually maybe changed my future or my views on life like that if I traveled a bit more I might be traveling now
1: Mm.
0: or exploring different countries or living in another country oh and that could have completely changed my future
1: that's amazing I think I agree with um I think definitely traveling does um allow you to think about people in a different way because you're you're confronted with different cultures and different understandings and I think I've, I've spoken quite extensively about this when I travel in Europe with the organisations that I volunteer with, even though they're across the sea and then Europe, there's so much differences. Yeah. And I think that for me was quite a learning opportunity. But going back to the question, I agree with Vereen. I do not want to change my past because I definitely think that's that past has contributed to the individual I am today. And I feel like I would lose myself if I changed or altered any aspects of that. So for me, it would be changing the future. I don't know what that looks like, but I definitely wouldn't want to change the past because I think the kind of lessons that I've learned from my past has allowed me to build tools that would enable me to navigate my future. And it's a constant learning curve for me. So I And I think my identity derives from those past mistakes and even not even mistakes, experiences at all. So for me, I'm definitely someone that wouldn't want to alter my past. OK, so the next question that I want to ask, would you, if you were given the choice, would you rather have the power to feel no pain, but also lose the capacity, to, for, capacity for joy or experience the full spectrum of emotions, including pain and ecstasy?
0: Sadia? Um, I'm going to go with the second one. It was feeling all emotions, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, just because it's just you're going to feel everything and that's the good and the bad. And ah. what was the first one? Not feeling any pain. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, as much as you don't want to feel pain, at least you'll have every emotion you can feel.
1: Mm. Okay, Farine, what's your thoughts on this?
2: Wait, can you repeat that? So the first one is you don't feel any pain, and you feel all the other emotions. And then the second one is you feel everything.
1: So I think uh, in uh, to kind of the overarching kind of question is, would you rather have the ability to have experience no pain at all, um, without the capacity of joy, or to feel every single emotion?
2: To um, feel, I'll go for the second one. Yeah, like Sadia said, you are going to feel everything regardless. So I'll go for the second one. In all emotions anger joy because i mean is it physical pain because if it is physical pain then i'll go to the first one <laughs> <laughs>
1: um there's no specific uh, this it's not specific so um i guess you can i think if you if you were just to pick any i think for me as well it's feeling every spectrum of um emotion just because even if you can't understand joy without the absence of within the absence of pain that when you when you feel pain that's when you appreciate joy so I think those definitions are de- developed because they 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 contingent on each other. Um, so definitely for me, I would want to speak, uh, feel the array of emotions. Um, in terms, of, I think we have a couple of minutes, but I think one of the fir- final questions I want to ask: In a world where you must choose, would you, would uh, where you must choose? Would you rather have the power to bring back one person from the dead for a day, or have a conversation with your future self for an hour?
0: Oh, that's tough. Um, I think I'm going to go with the second one again. Have a conversation with yourself from the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so, I don't know, get an understanding of life. It could be a positive conversation. Be like, if you're going through a tough time, be like, carry on. You'll get there. Mm. You'll get where you want it to be. Or you're at a way better position. In a few years' time, 10 years' time, whatever. Interesting. Farine what's your thoughts on this?
2: I'll go for the first one. I'll bring someone back from the dead. And you talk with them for an hour, right? That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> because I you... wouldn't want to talk about future self. So. <laughs>
1: what would you why would you I want to unpack why would you want to speak to someone that's passed away and bring them back what What would you want to ask what what that what does that conversation look like for you
2: that's a really good question that's really um, I'm not sure I feel like it would be like a you know how we reflect on the shows it will be the same thing, like a really reflecting conversation on life
1: yeah I think for me um it's really difficult because I feel like both of them have their advantages and disadvantages. I think speaking to yourself in the future, um, I think, I would hope that the future self of myself, if that makes sense, uh, would be achieving the things that I want to do whilst I'm in my present right now. But I do feel like speaking to someone that's passed away and coming back, I think that would inform my future because then I could learn from them like what their regrets were, What if they could go, come back to life, what would they do differently? And I think that would trigger how I would, would navigate my life. So I think for me, um, I think I'm more leaned towards speaking to someone that's passed away just because you would learn so much from them. I feel like a lot of people um, have regrets, especially when they're coming to the end of their life. And to learn from them and take that experiences, I feel like that would be quite profound for me in terms of building my future. Because I think one of the things that we don't really appreciate are present and we don't appreciate time because time is relative um because we feel that we have a we have we just have access to it completely and it's, it's something that's not going to be uh, gone one day but it will and i think for me personally it's just to be conscious of that so i think that's kind of my question Answer to the question. Um, but we are coming to the end of this first half of the show. Um, thank you, Sadia and Fareen, for your contributions. In the next half, we will we'll be talking about friendships and techn- technological advancements. So if you do want to join the discussion, um, please do contact us and we look forward to hearing thoughts. Assalamu
0: You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM.
1: Salam, salam alaikum everyone. Uh, welcome back to Sisters Speak. You're joined with me, Mariam and Sadia. and we also have Farine joined with us online. Um, in the first half of the show, we talked about our reflections in terms of making mistakes and, gro- and a growth mindset, and in this half, we'll be talking about friendships, our main topic today and how technological advancements impacts that. So I'm going to delve right into it, and I'm going to ask the first question, Sadia, which is how has the prevalence of digital communications impacted your relationships with friends friends and family?
0: Um, I don't think it's a bad thing, because you're still able to communicate with your friends. So in a way, it's a good thing, because you can constantly be in contact with family and friends, and... rather than, you know, you traveling to always see them because you might not get the time with Mm -hmm. work and other commitments in life. So it's a good thing because you get to whatever it is, you can just, it's a phone call away, a text, a video call, FaceTime. So you're always kind of there for those people without physically being there. Mm. Very important, being connected even though
1: when you're not physically there. What about yourself, Farine? What do you think?
2: Yeah, no, I agree with um, Sadia. Now that I'm living away from home, uh, you know, texting and calling is my only form of communication with my Luton friends and my family. So, yeah, I agree with with Sadia.
1: We miss you dearly, Farine. Come back, come back. Um, So for me, I think the prevalence is that In in my own personal life, I think it definitely has enabled me to keep in contact, and especially with the type of work that I do and the voluntary that I do. It's allowed me to keep in touch with people that don't live in the UK and I think that's quite important. But at the same time, I do feel like it's uh, diluted my friendships because I think it's quite, sometimes it does feel quite performative in a way that you ask someone how they are and then when they get back to it, you forgot what kind of the purpose of the conversation was um and there's no expectation i don't have the expectation for someone to uh, respond to me immediately um i think that's a culture that should is can uh, evolve to being quite toxic um and i think we'll be talking about that a little bit later on but i think for me personally it's just finding that balance i think digital communications uh, whilst it has advantages in terms of being connected with people from various areas of the world i do think that it has influence to the ability to um, disconnect with people that are in your present life and so because you have that reliance on social media or some sort of digital communications you don't value that time when you're the other person because you know you can speak to them later on even if you don't um so that's kind of my thoughts on that um which is a good segue for the next question, is do you think social media enhances or diminishes our sense of connection with others and why? I'm going to start off with Farine. What do you think about that?
2: I think so. You know, I'm just going gonna, gonna to agree with you with what you said before, because when I'm here, the friends that, like my university friends, I call them, so when I'm here and someone calls me or oh, one of my other friends is online, then I just go on my phone mm-hmm. and I'm not really appreciating, you know, them being there in real life because I'm busy with someone something else. That and the fact that it's really true when you ask someone how they are and then they reply a week later. And this is something that I tend to do too because I get so busy I just read the message, you know, from the notification thing, but I never reply until a week later and they're like, like I don't care how you are now right So yeah. So what was the question? Uh so the question Do you is, think that social media diminishes our sense of I in real life yes and why do you think that so I can't hear you. it's on our phone in this we everyone's always walking around the phones in their hands when we're walking we need to have our phones in our hands so we're not really seeing what's happening out there like the other day for example um and obviously I'm guilty of this I'm not going to say I'm not. So the other day, for example, I was walking on on campus and I was on my phone watching this TikTok and this man, like, crashed into me because we were both on our phones.
1: Oh, dear. And
2: yeah, it's just, your situation and awareness just goes away when you're with your phone.
1: Oh, wow. And what happened? What was the conversation after that?
2: Oh, I'm so sorry. And he went, oh, I'm so sorry too." And then we just started walking. (laughs) He was, like, so normal for us.
1: I I think that for me would have triggered reflection is that I'm walking and I'm in in another world, and not present in the world that I'm actually in. Yeah. Um. And the fact that it's so normalized, the fact that it didn't impact you or influence that what you would do next in any way, shape, or form, or didn't even trigger a conversation because you're more. I think I'm sure that you had places to go, um, but there was no conversation after that. That's quite interesting, um. I was going to ask Sadia, what do you think about that? What was the question? So, I think like that, do you think social media enhances or diminishes our sense of connection with others?
0: Yeah, so like it's a bit of both, isn't it? It's got its benefits and its limitations. Like you've said, yeah, the limitation is we're just so less socially aware Mm -hmm. around our surroundings. But obviously, it's a way of staying in contact. Knowing what other people, what your friends are doing, but like just reflecting, I feel like down here, down south, or where we're living, a lot of us don't like really talk to each other. Like, you might never talk to your neighbor apart from hi, bye, and that's it. But like, when I went up north and I was walking down the street and there were people just standing there like not standing there but like I saw one of the neighbors and then they stopped to talk to me and I was having a full-blown conversation and I was a bit like oh like we don't really talk to anyone really because I suppose it's a society thing as well like maybe we're all just socially we don't really want to socialize with people that we don't know Mm -hmm. or people around us but
1: yeah, I think it's because how fast-paced um, mm-hmm. living in the southeast is, especially if you're in and around London. People got places to go and pe- yeah. things to Everyone's do. Everyone's just
0: got their headphones on, um,
1: and, just and that's on. not to say that people don't do have the same kind of commitments up north. But I think people, I think it's our priorities. I think the priorities are very different, or in terms of you know understanding different cultures and so. Yeah. Um, exactly. It's quite there might be a differentiation because whilst i had the same experience so whilst i do appreciate the fact that when i went up north um people do converse with you um i can i can understand why people in the south don't speak to each other because Mm. time is very fleeting and they need to get to places and then they can't really stop because if one person stops then there's a domino effect and therefore that can cause other problems as well but i also do think that um the ability to make conversation is something that we're all losing and mm-hmm. it actually really disheartens me and I think for me what I really value in my friendships is that when, when two people are together when I'm with my friends that we don't need to look at the phone I I, I really don't understand it. it's something very hard for me to comprehend when people are talking to each other but they're speaking to someone else on their phone yeah. because I'm sitting right in front of you and we're having a conversation but you're simultaneously just listening to me passively and you're using the phone and i just think that's something that has become so normalized but i find it very uncomfortable so i actually want to turn to farine because um this could be because of the way i grew up but i want to ask farine is this something that um troubles you when someone else is on their phone and you're talking to them or is something that doesn't impact you in any way or form
2: i might do it sometimes sometimes But when people do it to me, I get so angry that I stop talking and like, why are you stopping? Like, you're not even listening to me. You just, the the only thing that they do is say, yeah, yeah. Actually, this reminds me, there's there's literally a TikTok trend on this where they're trying to like test their friends if they're actually listening to them just because they're so busy on their phones. And it just, you just feel so small. You just feel like you're not being listened to. So you don't want to be in that environment. And it happened to me with my friends that I just left.
1: Interesting. And did they follow up on that?
2: So did they? Yeah, ask, obviously they went. Where are you going? Where are you going? I said, well, I'm. I'm just tired. You know, you know. I never really say out loud what I want, what I'm actually feeling. So I just said, oh, I'm not like I'm not feeling good, and I just left.
1: Oh dear. So do you think that in hindsight okay. now would you converse and tell them that you know I didn't appreciate when you behaved like this and it impacted me in this way? Do you think that that would be received by your friends, or is that something that do you feel that they think that's an un- reasonable expectation from you
2: i feel like they wouldn't take it seriously because obviously the friends that i'm making now they're kind of not temporary but they're not like new friends they're not close close friends that i'm gonna open my heart to and have a good you know meaningful communication or conversation about what i'm actually feeling but when it's a close friend then i do expect them to you know listen to what i'm saying and to understand what i'm feeling this way but as of now, all my friends, all my friendships are not, you know, like established friendships.
1: In my That's really interesting. Um, so the next kind of question I have then is that do you have different measurements of what you constitute as a friend um, for different groups of people? And I want to ask Sadiya this. So for, for what I'm seeing from Farine is that she establishes close friends and she has a, a certain expectation for them and then people, friends that are a bit distant. She has an expectation from them. How does that look like for you, Sadia?
0: Actually, I think it is the same. It's obviously how you know that person, um, how you know them and how long you've known them for and how much you know of them and how much they know about you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like if yeah, if you started a new job, for example, and you're making friends, they're not going to be your close friends. Because at the same time, they're still your colleagues as well. Mm-hmm. So there's only a certain amount you can share with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you've had friends for years that you're in constant contact with, you know, you're always catching up, that's someone you'd want to tell your, uh, open up to more. So, yeah, like, different friendship groups. Do you think,
1: um, and just unpacking that a little bit further... Do you think the way they treat you also, it will, you're, you can accept that there, there's difference of behaviours um, in the way they treat you because you distinguish on in different groups? So, for instance, for Farine, her expectation of someone that's not that close, is, it's not that big of a deal for her if mm-hmm. they don't give her what she needs. Um, do you think that's the same with
0: you? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Because if you're not really opening up to them and you don't really you're just friends mm. you, there's nothing more to it there's a certain expectation you, you should have and obviously it'll be different if you really opened up to them but they're not giving back to you mm. that's obviously then more sticky situation isn't
1: yeah there's an imbalance like,
0: that's when yeah you're like you're hurt by it mm. but they might not consider you as their close friend as well so
1: it's how you attach meaning to a person mm-hmm. um farine what's your thoughts on that
2: I agree I think it also depends on the other person's level of maturity so if someone that's not my close close friend came up to me and talked to me about oh I did this then I would take it as a you know I'm sorry and I would apologize but you know I'm not I obviously I feel a bit you know hesitant to say this because I am something I am a person that jokes about everything but there's other people that just joke about everything everything and there's just some things that you just have to be serious about so it does depend on who you're standing in front of
1: so it's about people's demeanor and how they mm-hmm. treat you I think for me personally it's quite interesting that both of you align I think I'm a bit different in that sense I think I've come to a point where I, want, I have a standard in which I want to be treated and so if I'm going to exchange energy and I'm going to spend time on you whether that's little or not um, and I have I've attached value to you and, you and I think you should attach value to me I wouldn't expect accept someone not being able to have that conversation so if someone Made me uncomfortable, and I I'm going to regularly speak to them, um, even if they're not close to me. I would expect them to receive that, mm-hmm. because I just think a, a healthy relationship should have communication. And if we can't communicate, what is our relationship contingent on? So for me, it's I think I've come to a point where because I'm so protective over my energy, and I have a standard that in which I want to be treated. For me, those are the definitive matters, um, and how I view myself and how I want people to view me and how, how i want people to to treat me um so that's really interesting how both of you are more flexible in that sense i think it, it does come from different stages of your life and different um you know views of that but i think for me personally i i'm quite i'm quite protective over my space and i just want i feel like as i'm growing older i really refine the kind of energies that i'm with and i refine with the influence i have because you know very well that the people that you spend time with really influence your thoughts and your actions and and just influence you fully. So yeah, I think that's my kind of thought of that. Farine, did you want to add anything?
2: Yeah, you know what? Just about what you said, we never attach value to ourselves and what we want to talk about sometimes. And that's what happens with me. Anything I want to say when I, like other people are not going to listen to me or they don't care, I never say it. I don't have that standard for myself that, okay, yeah, I'm important. You know, I have some value in this. So yeah, that's, that is, I, think yeah,
1: a I, I think there's an approach. I think there's an approach. I think, you know, if someone has, you, everyone has an opinion, right? All mm-hmm. thoughts and opinions are, are our own. <laughs> um, everyone has an opinion. And I think it's to build that space <laughs> to allow people to share their opinions. Um, and that's not to say that you trample over someone else when they're trying to share their opinion. It's just allowing yourself to build that space um, and allowing the people around you to contribute as well i think you know that's where emotional intelligence comes in because you're able to understand that you're not going to leave someone out so you're supposed to you know fully turn to someone when they're talking to you to give them their full attention um but also at the same time similarly is you can kind of, as you grow older i feel like personally for me i've learned where i think it, i choose my battles in terms of where i want to give my opinion when i know that there's there's not going to be a conducive outcome to a conversation then I'm not going to allow myself to contribute to that discussion because I know that in the end that's not going to be weighted in any shape or space or form Um, and I'm probably going to spend more time trying to explain myself with people who are committed Mm -hmm. not to understand so for me it's kind of discerning what kind of interactions there is and how much I want to contribute to it, and yeah. what the kind of objective is at the end. I think those are the things that kind of inform or measure how I want to interact with people. Um, so thank you for kind of just outlining that. In terms of the next question, um, I think we kind of kind of touched upon this uh, in our discussion. Is the question is is in the age of constant connectivity, do you think we've sacrificed the depth of our friendships for the breadth of our social networks? Maureen, should we start with you?
2: That question is amazing. What do you think? Let's see. I think you should repeat the question.
1: <laughs> so, in the age of constant con- connectivity, do you think we've sacrificed the depth of our friend- friendships for the breadth of our social networks? So, if I, if I'm just to kind of explain it a little bit, unpack it, what it means is that we, the depth of our friendships, is something that in, we try to strive for, to make sure that it's meaningful it's something that we feel impacted by but the breadth of our social networks in, meaning um, when you have multiple social media platforms you have so many a- you have access to so many platforms to, to talk to multiple type of people um, do you think we've exchanged that or there's something that's in the expense of the other Is does that make the question a little bit more clearer
2: yeah so are we putting more effort in our friendships or in our social network so,
1: in a way so the question is really asking is do we view is it more important to have depth in our in our friendships or is it more important to have um multiple friends from lots of social media Mm -hmm. platforms has that has that uh, has social media um evolved our our viewing of friendships in that way
2: it has but i'm gonna for me social media like you know all the followers and everything it's something that okay people are going to see that you have a lot of followers people are going to see that you're hanging out with so many friends and this But social media at the end of the day is always fake it you always try to make it look you know aesthetic you always try to make it look like you're living your best life but no one really is so what people in real life are saying about you is what's important for me
1: i think that's so profound what people are saying to you in real life is really important
0: um sajia what's your thoughts on that um well, I'm not a big social media anyway. So I feel like having loads of friends on social media doesn't really mean anything because they could just, like you said, like they're just people that are commenting or messaging and that's it. They're not going to always make a conscious effort to be your friend. And if they are, you don't know what the true intentions mm-hmm. are. Whereas focusing on your own actual friends that you've built and known for years is more important. Hundred percent.
1: I think for me I agree with you, Sadia. I think I'm not that much of a social media person either. I think Farin is very well acquainted with that. She's constantly informing me new social media trends and also giving me new dictionary definitions. It's true. <laughs> um I think for me I really value when people mm-hmm. consciously spend time with me. I think I think, well, that's one of my love languages is just spending time, quality time. And I think for me, it has to bring meaning. It has, it has to be value. I, I attach that meaning to you because we've interacted, we've built something yeah. together. And I think the disadvantage of social media is that you have that barrier in terms of even body language because yeah. there's cues that I cannot see in where you're expressing yourself. And so you might say, I'm having a great day, but actually someone could be crying yeah. behind the screen. And there is no sense for you to be able to ascertain that. So for me, I definitely value um, in-person interactions as opposed to online interactions. And I I do think think there's been more of a focus on social media because I think that's something that provides instant gratification, um, which actually leads to my next question um, about instant gratification. Do you think instant gratification has influenced the way we view friendships? So meaning in terms of... Um, and that's not just to do with social media. So instant gratification in terms of, you know, we expect things to happen very quickly. So one example could be when we order something on Amazon and we expect it to come tomorrow and it doesn't come tomorrow, we get frustrated. Even th- and, and I think even if you think about that contextually, it's actually really disgruntling because the backhand of that is there's, there's a human behind that process, mm-hmm. you know, um, putting whatever you've ordered uh, into a package or even if it's a machine is there's a whole entire process but you've expect that to happen within 24 hours and i think that can also influence friendships so i just wanted to hear your views on that sadia so one so one of the ways maybe we can think about is um i think we touched upon it in the first half of the show is in terms of Having that expectation to someone mm. responding immediately, that can come manifest as an instant form, uh, as an instant form of gratification. What's your thought on that?
0: So, I don't think so. Like, I mean, it's I suppose it's how well you know that person. So, so for example, you messaging me and expecting an instant response when, let's say, I'm doing night shifts you know you won't get it. So it's more about understanding the person. Like I can message you, for example, knowing you're at work, so I wouldn't have an expectation of you f- responding on t- uh, instantly. Mm. So yeah, like that. I mean, I suppose it's how well you understand that person and their routine. Because mm. I kind of know your whole routine. <laughs> and some of my other friends as well, I kind of know their routine. Mm. So I know like, what I'm going to get out of you or what time I can get a certain response. Or yeah. I know I could just call and you'll answer. Yeah, 100%. Free. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think for me, um, it's the same as... I think that's, again, mm-hmm. that derives emotional intelligence, that's understanding the other person. Um Farine, what is your thoughts on that?
2: I kind of agree with, both, with you both. But for example, if I'm texting someone that's my age, so let's say my friend's, i expect them to answer because i know they're so addicted to social media like me they're always on their phone and everything but if i i don't know i text my dad i know he's gonna take like two weeks to answer and by that <laughs> time i'm not gonna do anything so i'll just give him a call so it does depend on who you're texting yeah
0: but that again is understanding like if you know someone's on social media a lot more you do kind of expect that they're gonna reply
1: i have a question or, yeah, mm. sorry, 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 did I just cut you off? Oh my God.
0: Um, do you prefer texting over calls and why? I do prefer texting, uh, well, most of the time. But I don't know, I just but think why? it's more just a habit more than anything. Like, I'm, I don't know, I just don't like calling that much. But then if it's a serious situation or like an immediate situation... I'd want to call and be like, hey, let me just explain everything because it won't make sense. But then again, voice note is kind of meeting in the middle, isn't Mm. it? Because you're you're still able to explain everything. And then you can either get a text or another voice note in response. But then, yeah, I do prefer
1: texting. Interesting. Yeah, she gets a bit disgruntled when I call her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: she's like, it's
1: a quick conversation she gets quite disorientated when I call her and I just think I really so I, I'll re ask her thoughts and then I'll yeah. explain what my my thoughts are Reen what's your thoughts?
2: I love calling you know texting I get so lazy and not calling I feel like this new thing that I'm doing now is just post like sending a lot of you know videos of me just talking because I have this habit of explaining every single thing that happened to me indeed to everyone so I prefer definitely prefer calling you can't say, you can't feel the emotion or the, you know the impact of that over text
1: I agree, I think you can't hear someone's voice and the intonation, so you don't really know how they're feeling um, I definitely agree with you Farine, I prefer the calls because I think they're more in depth and also I think there isn't space for someone to misconstrue what you're trying to say or how you're saying something so I think for me definitely um, I prefer calls And I think one of the things, though, I feel like there's a culture now, and we are coming to the end of the show, but I do think there's a culture where people prefer to text because it's less confrontational. Mm -hmm. And I think that has a lot of drawbacks as well, because that manifests in, in uncomfortable conversations where if someone does feel uncomfortable with you, you don't want to speak to them face to face because you're so accustomed to hiding behind the screen and to actually... Consciously, consciously think about what you're going to say and knowing that that's something that's curated. Whereas when you are speaking to someone in person, it's more dynamic. And you can't have a think about what you're going to say, but you can't control everything that's going to come out of your mouth because it's it's going to be something that's like, there's just like a flow between you and the other person. But I think we're going to have to uh, continue this discussion in the next show that we'll have next week. So thank you for everyone for your contributions and we're sure to see you next week. Inshallah, as
0: thank you for listening to our podcast we stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org you'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefmluton